With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Paint podcast presented by Ball is Life. Your host here with you, Devin Ugland and Ronnie Flores. Uh, we're just going to get right into some hoop talk. Uh, I was down in San Diego on Saturday. Saw Mission Bay against St. Augustine in the San Diego section open division first round. It was a one-point victory by Mission Bay. Boogie Ellis hit a driving layup off the glass uh, with about 15 seconds left on the clock. And uh, uh, St. Augustine had a couple chances at the at the basket. A guy missed kind of a point-blank layup that would have won the game. Um, and then Luke hopped the coach's son, got an offensive rebound, and flipped one up that almost went in. But it was a great game. Uh, great atmosphere. The, the place was packed. Uh, the Saints student section, the pit, as they call it, was great. One of the one of the better student sections I've seen all year. Um, and then I saw Cathedral Catholic and La Jolla Country Day last night in a Division One semifinal, and uh, that was a I think it was like a fourteen point victory for Cathedral Catholic. Uh, Obina Anyanwu, one of the most highly regarded sophomores in Southern California, was was solid. Uh, Thomas Notriani had thirty points. Uh, and then uh, Ryan Langborg, obviously everyone everyone knows, going to Princeton, one of the better shooters in in, in the country, really. Um, they all make they all make state, so everyone's going to keep playing. Ronnie, I kind of want to throw this to you. D- does San Diego basketball get a bad rap? Is it undercovered? What's what's the deal with that? Why do some of those guys kind of not get the the credit or the pub that they deserve? Well, I just think from the standpoint, Devin, of the actual play when you get into uh, like fall leagues and then into holiday tournaments, they got to come to some of these tournaments that we cover and get the big wins. In the last few years, they haven't. Mm-hmm. I think that's where that stems from. But if you look at the atmosphere of their games, whether you talk about like Torrey Pines Holiday Classic or a big playoff game, they, they support their basketball very well. And they have good home court advantages. You know, we talk about Torrey Pines, Saints, a couple other schools. You know, it's hard to win at their place, you know, and um, it's a very good atmosphere. I'm sure you've witnessed it, like you said, this past week and at other times. Their student bodies do a good job, but they got to get the big wins. I, I think overall, San Diego, um, you know, they, you know, I remember Jared Dudley was asking me, you know, Ronnie, can you tell me about, a little about the history of the of the city just going back? And I told him, I, you know, I'd get him something regarding that. Some of the guys they produced. It's a little bit undervalued from there, but they haven't, besides a Bill Walton and a few others that have been really big, they they really haven't had those big type of names, even though they produce many D1 players. I think San Diego, people don't understand, is a bigger market than people think. It's like the sixth yeah. or seventh biggest TV market in the country. Right. And when you talk about overall sports, they're great, especially you talk about football. Football, yeah. Their, their football is really good for their size. They produce multiple Heisman winners. I just think they haven't had a few big names that have been like on the consciousness of of uh, what we're getting into. It's funny you talking about that that you just did as we go into our probing the pain topic. We talk about NBA All Star. You know, the California had what a hundred and nine points scored in that NBA All Star game, <laughs> right? And not that there was much you know, defense played. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, of the of the game, that's from one. But none of those guys are from San Diego. Right. That's what you're okay. So I think it, they haven't had those hitters like whether it's a Paul Pierce. Lillard, Clay Thompson, they've had very good players, well, since, but they since, haven't had that star that people right. go, wow, San Diego ball. Since Bill Walton, I mean, I'm trying to Correct. think the biggest name to come out of San Diego. Jared Dudley's had a great NBA career. Yeah. Long, but not like, not superstar NBA career. Correct. Maybe, maybe people thought Chase Budinger was going to be that guy. Yeah. He was super highly regarded. He was McDonald's All-American, am I right? Yeah. I mean, Chase Budinger was kind of the, one of the stars of that McDonald's year in 2006, it was down in San Diego. It was kind of built around him a little bit. He went to La Costa Canyon? He went to La Costa yeah. Canyon. He was a great volleyball player. I believe he's now on... Beach volleyball player now, beach, yeah. Pro beach Pro volleyball player, yeah. which he could have done then. People right. knew it. He was probably the best at, at one of the best athletes in the state. But, um, you know, he got a lot of publicity. But even then, you can kind of start seeing that 
you know, this James Harden guy is pretty good at Artesia Jr. and, and Taylor King was good. So they Taylor. were always, they were always overshadowed in yeah. that. So, but Chase, great career. You know, he did a really good job in that game. I remember it was a good atmosphere down at uh, then it was Cox Arena. And they just haven't had a star like that. You said, like, exactly. If you go off the top of your head, between Walton and him, you can't really... <laughs> tough to, yeah. You have to really know the landscape to be like, okay, I remember that guy. I remember Lawrence Camel West. I mean, they're not NBA household names. And I think, to answer your original question, that's where they're a little... Okay, that makes sense. A little uh, get a bad rap, quote-unquote a yeah, bad rap. Yeah, I feel like when you said, you know, San Diego teams don't come up here as much for the for big tournaments and they don't get big wins. Yeah. I think they're starting to come up a little bit more. Uh, okay. Mission Mission Bay especially. They, they come yeah. up a lot, play in the Fall League. Yeah. Play at, they played at the Orange Lutheran Hoop Fest. And, sure. Uh, Foothills Christian also does come up a lot. They play in uh, A-Topes yeah. Fall League at, at Orange Lutheran, and they also played in the Orange Lutheran and, Hoop and Fest. And Foothills Christian has had some good wins this yeah. year. Uh, if they win that San Diego Open, we've talked about it. Uh, you know, Since the Open has been around, the Southern Section's had four teams. LA City's had their two finalists, which is usually Westchester and Fairfax. It's Westchester and Fairfax again. Yeah. And then you go to San Diego or one San Diego, one Central. So Central's we'll going to be out this yeah. year. Will the Open take Foothills? I think the Open should take Foothills if they win. If they don't win, I think they should take another Southern Section team. Yeah, I think it's on the San Diego section to decide to whether nominate. to send them, to nominate okay. them, right? Very so cool. Got it. Uh, if Foothills Christian wins the San Diego section Open Division, uh, they play Vista in the semifinals. Um, this week, yeah. yeah. Uh, if they win it, I think that Foothills will be nominated, but I don't think anybody Torrey else. Pines or Mission Bay will be will be no, nominated. I'm not sure about Mission Bay. They might uh, they might send Boogie, the, the and, Boogie. And Boogie and Marshawn into into the into the, the waters, yeah, into the shark waters. I, I, w- I wouldn't. I they wouldn't can be play surprised. with any they team. Can. They really can. I mean, with the game I saw against St. Yeah. Augustine, Boogie came out and hit like four straight threes, and his first four shots were four straight threes, and that kind of set the tone. So if, if Boogie's if Boogie's humming, they can play with anybody. Um, they would be most likely as the champ at the seventh seed. Of, seven, or seven or eight, seed. right? Yeah, yeah seven. So or that's eight. where it's going to be difficult. But yeah. as the Southern Section Open proves, the eighth seed sometimes, the, yeah, they can get it done. Yeah, they can they can get it done. Uh, I, I really like that topic as far as San Diego basketball goes. Our our guy Aaron Bergen does a great job of really covering San Diego and uh, the guy who runs SD preps, Bodie De Silva. Yeah, he, he Bodie like, De Silva. He's been around. He, he he's been around. Job. Those two guys do a really good job of covering San Diego high school basketball. So we want to shout those guys out before we move on to our probe of the paint topic. And that's you know, a recap. Look at the NBA all-star weekend. Um, the thing that stood out to me most, Ronnie was we have all these competition skills, NBA dunk contests, yeah. three point contests, and they all kind of fell flat to me. Let's start with the skills competition. Uh, it's you know a thing where they dribble through some, some cones, cones and throw a ball through a, a hoop and or through a little thing ring like a ring yeah a little ring and they get a they make a layup and they shoot a three and so I mean this is a smart move on their part but the guys who wanted to win or were behind after the layup just, just shot a half, half court, court shot. shot yeah so, so it turned into a it took all the skill out of the competition and I know right. you tweeted some thoughts about that yeah I I didn't see no skill there I saw. <laughs> Of, you know, NBA players can make a half-court shot. For I mean, sure. Devin, I can. Me, I mean, if you me can, and you I practice, can. Yeah. I, I, make, I can make three out of ten. No doubt. And I just keep practicing it. Yeah. And obviously, I'm not in the gym every day. But, uh, yeah, I was a kid. I would love to try to do that all day. You know, shoot another half-court shot. Shoot. You know, it's almost like a trick shot. But for an NBA player, so you're behind in the in the skill portion or you're, you're you know, obviously Trey Young's ahead. He's faster. And then Jason Tatum just... Yeah, right. That was a championship of Yeah, it. Jason Tatum just heaves a shot and he makes it. So that's not really skill. I'd rather like to see them do one, two dribble pull-ups. Sure. Go around, you know, go around the arc, hit some shots. Right. You know, get a guy, their workout guy maybe, or their, their respective team's trainer to say, hey, let's go through a little drill, see who can make the most shots in 30 seconds. Something that gives the kids like, wow, that guy's really... You know, because when I think kids, when they see players, they don't realize how good these guys are. Like Patrick Ewing can hit twenty footers all day long in warmups, like that. So, and then obviously he's an NBA retired center, but so we want to see what these guys can do. Not just it comes down to somebody heaving a half court shot. I, I think some of the people's comments on Twitter were, "This is kind of flat. This is boring." So just something needs to. If you're just a skills competition, then show us the skills. Yeah, I think going you know, back to your point about shooting. Yeah. And hit, making them hit for multiple spots, like shooting now, is a, is an absolute skill. It, it's a skill that's for critical. Yeah, it's a critical skill that's that's undervalued. Yeah, especially on the high school evaluation level. 
Like there are so many guys who come out of high school who guards, especially who can't sh- hit an open catch and shoot three pointer, and that's, I mean, that's the most basic thing a point guard should be able to do. Uh, so I'd like to see more of that. Maybe a yeah. revamp or something. You know, I'm not sure your suggestions were good. Yeah. Show a little bit more skill. Uh, let's move not in. a trick shot. Yeah, yeah, not a trick. Not not a lucky heave from half yeah, court. Yeah, because the I saw guys with skills. It was cool to see the big guys. But it all came down to Trey Young's probably one of the best shooters, so he advanced because he can hit the first three. Well, if you miss the first one, the other guy's going to make it. Right. So it, it didn't really show us too much there. I hope the fans get a better better uh, glimpse and a better showing in the future. Yeah, so let's move into the dunk contest, which also, I mean, for me, it just it didn't do much. Um, Hamadou Diallo, Oklahoma City guard, won it. Um, but again, I, I just don't think it had... The star power or fanfare um, of some past, and I think that's become kind of a trend lately that it lacks star power. What are your thoughts on that? Um, when we talk about Hamadou, let's first say he's a good, really good dunker. No, for sure. We've seen him before. We've seen him live. He's dunk. He could dunk like crazy. No, the guy's in the contest, but the fans are a little spoiled, you know. Obviously, with that, um, I think, like we mentioned in the last show, we haven't seen the best players in the contest. So that would help the contest to, for those players who did win to, to elevate their status or to elevate what they did by beating a star dunker. Correct. So when you go back to the best dunk contest, let's go to Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. Mm -hmm. Zach Levine was at the balls. Live game. He showed what he can do. Derek Jones, a few other guys who really showed what they could do at that game, just like they could at McDonald's or Jordan. And, um, that was a great contest because those dunks were that good. Well, you're not going to get that every year. So if you go back to the contest that most people liked before, that one that was iconic is Jordan and Neek in Chicago. Neek had already won once, beat Jordan. Then Jordan came back, won the contest the year Neek sat out. Him and Spud Webb sat out. It was just a great show. So then they had this, the, the dunk off, quote-unquote. Yep. And But that's two of the time, the two of the seven or six best players in the NBA. <laughs> right. And the best player in the NBA. So I think since LeBron hasn't been in it, you know, it hurts a, a Hamadou Diallo or some of those other guys. So take us to the next point. You know, obviously, the Twitter world kicks in, and you, you see uh, Giannis, the Greek freaks, talk about he might be in it. You know, talk, Tell a little bit about what happened there for yeah, 2020. Yeah, Giannis tweeted he might participate in the 2020 dunk contest, and Donovan Mitchell, who's a uh, you know young star in the league who can also – Throw down a throw yeah. down a couple you know nice dunks. Quote tweeted that and said that if Giannis did it, he'd do it. And then that kind of leads us into okay, so bring back Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, past champions, and who can really get the crowd? Who going can yet. really get the crowd going? Yeah. And then you have college stars like Zion Williamson and John Morant from Murray State, who could potentially be in the NBA next year uh, through the draft uh, if they choose to be. Um, and that would be just a loaded dunk contest field that I think would draw massive ratings. But here's the thing. Stars stars seem to not want to do the dunk contest when it comes down to it. When the decision's in front of them to do it or not, they say no. Is it because they're worried about hurting their brand? I think that's what it is. They got Yeah, they got more riding on it than Jai Moran or Hamadou Diallo sure. or um, you know, a player of those that guys, stature. Those guys can only, like Hamadou Diallo, up. they can only raise their, their stature by in the basketball performing world. well, yep, in that contest. So if LeBron goes in the dunk contest and throws a dud, mm-hmm. then it's just another knock on him. <laughs> he's not clutch or whatever. Correct. He can't it's shoot just opening or... himself for criticism. Right. And he's not clutch. Gene doesn't have the clutch dunk. Gene. Right. Blah blah blah. See, so to- told you so. He, he's yeah. not clutch. He can't. You know. He, Correct. He, he folds in in big moments. Yeah. So I think I think I think LeBron is past the stage now. He's thirty. Yeah, he's no for sure. He's past. But we've talked about him before. But my you know th- him and Kobe. You know so. We it's talk been, about we talk about how Twitter drums up interest, but yeah. I think Twitter also does a disservice yeah. to these kind of contests because people are so quick to go on there and just rip these guys rip apart. It. Yeah, I think the guys in the contest deserved a little more credit. Just in general, they're great. They're great dunkers. I mean, some of the best dunk contests I've seen haven't been in the NBA contest. Yeah, they've been at various locations. I've seen some at Izzy Washington Slam and Jam of a league and. Uh, the early 1990s, fantastic atmosphere, great dunks. They were very uh, uh, unique in the way they did it. You know, I remember one kid from the Bay Area, Sean Pennington. He was a great dunker. 
He had one guy, uh, he was trailing him. He had three guys already in the key, uh, you know, crotch down. So the guy, the fourth guy threw the ball up, then he became the fourth guy to crotch down, and he did a reverse dunk. So it was just really unique. And the crowd was into it. It was intimate. I just think the, the crowd now is, uh, you know, it's like, God, we've already seen that dunk. So, you know, when we talked about 220, I think every NBA All-Star game has a um, something that people are talking about, whether it's a looming trade, whether it's who's going to meet in the finals, a great phenom. And I think uh, this year, a lot of the talk seen is centered around Zion Williamson. Obviously, this week, uh, Carolina is going to play Duke. It's a big game. People are talking about how it's a $3,000 ticket. Um, so that's been kind of what I got out of the dunk. I'm sorry, out of the NBA All-Star Weekend was that people want to talk about this Zion kid. And so for him to build up to next year's contest, let's hope he's healthy at that time. He's going to be on an NBA team. He's probably not going to be on a really great NBA team yeah. at that time. But He's a top two pick he, in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be high, and he'll probably be on a team that's struggling to make the playoffs. But that would be his moment. And if we can get Zach and Aaron back, then obviously Mitchell would be in it. Big that would be that would be you'd have something. You'd have oh man, because I think people would again people going by the hype. Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, we saw what they can do. So I still think right now Zion would be the favorite because the crowd would just be anticipating his every single move. Right, and do you think? I mean, you think Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine? They they've done. Every dunk that yeah. they that are that's in their bag, unless they've been working on it. Correct. I mean, how much more do they have to give, and do they want to go up against, against a, a, a hype machine like Zion? I mean, yeah. I don't know. That I would be I mean, that would be, be a testament to them. I would think he would even show something if they don't win it, because you're right. I don't think they could go back to the same. Dunk, show some balls. You know? Yeah, Aaron Gordon can't do the one where he puts the ball oh, under that was his insane. legs. Yeah, yeah, it was a over that mascot, dunk. right? Over the Shoot. mascot, that was crazy. Oh, below both legs, yeah. it's almost impossible. <laughs> yeah, just you couldn't try that and practice it and do it. I, that, I yeah. remember um, there's a great dunker. He won. He was a great dunker since high school. James Flight White. He won the McDonald's contest. He can do great dunks. And then he got into the NBA contest, and he was a little older, and he was he was with the Knicks, I believe, at the time. It was about eight years ago or so. And he was just a little cold, looked a little flat, and he just couldn't. He didn't advance. And everybody said, oh, James Flight White is one of the 10 best dunkers ever. And he is. But it's just that moment, he's a little older. Like you said, he's cold. So... Going back to Aaron and Zach, what are they going to have? Are right. they going to have a new arsenal? So people, are, it's going to be tough. So you bringing up that that, that dunker, okay? Yeah. yeah. So here, here, here's, here's I'm going to throw like, something wow. out. I'm going to throw you something know? out here. Instagram has just tons of guys who yeah. do crazy dunks at 24 Hour Fitness and film it, and they put it on their their Correct. Instagram. They're super popular. Yeah. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to bring in maybe One a couple amateur dunkers and have yeah. them go against the NBA guys? I think so. I, I I've talked about that before. Have a a young player, an established player. Maybe even somebody the fans from college they vote on. Obviously, they yeah, don't, I'm don't talking, pay them. I'm talking and then a non NBA am- or a college player, just one correct. of these amateur dunkers. That's what I'm saying. You have yeah. a college player and am- two amateur players, okay. and then you have a field of eight or something. You know, that'd be cool. I think that they should have been do- already doing that. It would it'd get the fans more involved. It would get the international brands more involved. I mean, People some of these more talk about it. And again, it goes back to flight white. Yeah. Okay, you've done that at the 24 hour at your little high school. So you can now do this shit here at the NBA no, it, dunk contest. I- and these some guys, guys would step dunks. up, yeah. and some other guys might be like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, you know, obviously Beyonce sitting in the first row, Rihanna <laughs> sitting in the first row. Like, yeah, get your dunk yeah, now. Exactly. Let's see you do it. Yeah, I think that was a little bit, uh, like you know. So it goes back to what you're saying. You have to be willing to do it. You got to be warm. I think yeah. sometimes these guys are just a little cold. You know, they've been sitting, they've been hanging out. Well, that, you that gotta goes be to warm, man. You gotta be dunks? warmed up. Yeah, like, these dudes do how many dunks? They miss yeah. ten dunks. They still they're still going. Right. That's the thing that separates. I think Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine were in the same boat uh, for the most part. But I think, yes, people say Ronnie, Jordan, and Dominique's dunks are pretty basic. But yeah, yeah, because you're not going up against Jordan. Right. You know, you're dunk against Jordan. Then see how basic it is. Yeah. And he's doing it on the first dunk first clean. Dunk. Right. It just looks beautiful, looks clean. I still think Jordan's kiss the rim dunk where he leans to the side. It's still one of the best dunks. I agree. Because he has the hang time. It just... Perfect form. Yeah. It just has the look, especially when you watch it in slow motion. And those, so, fo- those photos do it. Yeah, Crazy the photos justice. were great. Yeah. Were great back then. You know, the guys, what they had to laminate them, put them in the dark room. They're, they're, <laughs> they're not just taking them in. Digitals, yeah. Then you got Wi-Fi on your camera and you yeah. just upload it from yeah. your camera. It's no, crazy. yeah. It's, it's, it was a great time. So, you know, shout out to the guys in the dunk. Shout out to Diallo. And let's hope to see Zion Williamson next year. Yeah. So let's um, move into another dud, I mean, in my opinion, 
the all-star game in general. Uh, I mean, these guys, they're all friends. They're all buddies. So they're just trying to like, they're out there just having fun. And I, I, I get it. Sure. Not really kind of going through the motions, not a whole lot of defense, you know, it picks up towards the end. And, uh, there was a 20 point comeback, quote unquote. Uh, but you know, baseball had that issue and they put in you sure. know, a rule where the winner of the all-star game wins the, the, you know, right to ho- be the host team in the world series. So in the current format in the NBA, it's team LeBron versus team Giannis and there's captains and they're drafting from both sides of the, uh, conferences, conferences. So that, that wouldn't work unless they go back to a West versus East game. Do you, what do you, what do you think? Do they, should they do that or just, you know, keep it as is? Does, does this all-star game need to mean something? Um, I think it's a good weekend. I was, we said last week, it's a social event. I think the fans generally uh, go home happy. They see the stars. Uh, I think the young kids in the TV audience may be a little like, well, the TV audience is, yeah. It's tuned just, out. Yeah. They're tuned out. Um, so they do need to do something there. I, I think any brainstorm, I don't have the exact answer what the best thing is to do. There has to be some incentive. So when you look back at the old All-Star games, again, we go to the money. We've been talking about Anthony Davis. We've been talking about branding and those type of things. Back then, if you weren't making a hundred thousand I'm sorry, if you weren't making a million dollars, you were a mid-tier NBA star before the mid-80s, early mid-70s. If you got a ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollar bonus to win the All-Star game. You're playing hard. You guys were playing hard. Yeah. I think the money, it goes back to the money. It's so big, you know, to uh, Kevin Garnett now, you know, just retired, made millions upon millions of dollars. We talked about other players. You know, uh, we talk about Kobe, how much money he made in his career. Now we go to LeBron. He's made goodles of money and now Anthony Davis. So do they have that much incentive to play hard compared to a guy who was making 400000 and he can make another fifteen if right. he, if he, they win that game? So there needs to be some incentive. Uh, I don't know, Devin, if you have any thoughts on what that incentive could be, but that was a huge incentive back in the day is, you know, just put an extra 25 grand oh, in so, your pocket. So, okay, so the incentive for LeBron or Anthony Davis, it's like, here's an extra $25 million? Is, that, <laughs> is that the incentive? Yeah, there's no... I, I mean, the money is so huge that money incentive isn't isn't on the table unless it's for, like, a. here's the thing. The, the only guy not the only guys not making money are, like, G League guys. Got so it. there's incentive for, for them, but they're not they're not all star players. Yeah, it's very tough. So you know the NBA has done a good job. I think they need to revamp the weekend. You know whether how the order they do stuff. Yeah, and um, you know I, I think a three point contest is a three point contest. Shout out to to Joe Harris. Yeah, you I think know, three point contest is probably the the, the most exciting one. one. Yeah, because it it's the format's great. Yeah. And then you you have a winner, and he you have the all the points, best shooters, and you in have the, the best game. shooters, and and a guy like Joe Harris. You know, got it done. He made a name beat for the, himself. Yeah, beat the best beat shooter. Beat the best ones. That's yeah. the key. Yeah, he beat Drew Thompson, beat Steph Curry in the final. That's what you need. So, you know, hopefully the All-Star game keeps tweaking, you know. And then I think you also have to have a couple stars that kind of lead the tone. I'm not sure we have that right now. You know, we're, we're in the buddy-buddy area, so to yeah. speak. The jersey swapping, that type of thing. I think the East and West used to be good in terms of they didn't. They didn't. Obviously, didn't play much in the regular season. But you had a couple stars that really wanted to go at each other. Was Magic's team kind of de facto and Jordan's team, something like that. They weren't, and they were obviously they weren't that they weren't close. Con- they weren't connected on through social media. They weren't connected through social media, and they weren't as connected through travel teams. Yeah, all these guys know each other by yeah. thirteen years old, right? Fourteen years old. They go to AU Nationals. They go to Vegas. They go to. They know each other. Yeah. So it's you know it's a good time to see each other, hang out, ca- get caught up with the families. That. I don't see no problem with, but you got to do something for the the general fans. I think overall the fans are happy with the weekend, but there needs to be some tweaks. I agree. I agree. So let's move into our bread and butter topic, hard in the paint on the CIF Southern Section Championship Games, which are all taking place on Saturday at a plethora of different locations. Ronnie, you and I both have um, an issue with the fact that these games are being played all on the same day, at let's count them here one two three four locations so they split up the boys and girls games evenly f- between cal baptist azusa pacific godinas high school and colony high school um obviously cal baptist is hosting the division one and open division boys and girls games yes um, azusa pacific is hosting the girls division three aa boys three a girls three a boys two aa 
girls 4AA, and boys 2A. And then Godinez has Division 5AA boys, girls Division 2AA, boys Division 3AA, girls 4A. So, like... You can tell in, in the tone of my voice, obviously, that yeah. this is just... And I already forgot half of what you said. Right. It's, just, yeah, it's like it's just a smorgasbord. So it used to be, you know, used to be, um, you can you can take it back further than I can on what it what how the format used to be. But, you know, the, for me, when it was the best was when boys were at Honda Center and we got to get there at 930 and watch all the way through for sure. every championship game. And then the, or the girl, m- vast majority. Vast majority. Game. And the girls yeah. were over at... Azusa Pacific, or or, or whatever alternative or Long Beach, site, um, pyramid, or, or the pyramid, yeah, right. And that's not happening anymore um, for sp- you know certain reasons that there's sure. got to be equality between uh, girls and boys and where they're playing, and there has to be a stagger schedule where it's a girls game and a boys game and a girls game and a boys game. Sure. Um, we've talked about that before on this pod about yeah. governing bodies being very wary of gender equality. Yeah, and is that equality? I would, I would. Argue may not be. <laughs> it doesn't. I, I don't see what equality brings. Um, I think stuff has to be practical. If a girls' championship uh, weekend or whatnot is done in a in a location that serves them best and the gym's packed, it's a great atmosphere. I think that's equality. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the boys, I think majority of boys fans want to see as many boys games as they can. Before we used to be at maybe a two-day event, so they can see some of the different divisions. Now we're choosing. Okay, can we see two AA Mayfair and Rancho at? Is that at Azusa Pacific? Right, and we're and then drive we try to, to Cal Baptist. S- not spring over to Cal Baptist. You know, uh, break the laws, go 100 miles an hour, try to get there for. I mean, I do. Margarita. I do that, regar- yeah. I do that regardless. So. Yeah, you and Frank Wilson <laughs> do that regardless. You guys just spring over to games, but try to get there to Santa Margarita, Chino Hills for D1. You know, you're you're beating, trying to beat the clock, so to speak. It's just not practical. So, um, how do we make it practical? Here's here's my thought. Yeah. All right. So you pick one site, right? Um, that seats. I don't know. What, what do they need? I mean, th- attendance is declining across the board in CIS Southern Section Sports. Yeah. Um. What? Five thousand. Was that? Is yeah. That, you think that's that's, that's, that's real, a fair be, number? Yeah, that'd be okay. packed. Let's just say right. It'd be yeah. packed at five thousand. Pick one site. Five thousand. Five thousand and say seventy five hundred seats. Okay. Uh, have a Friday Saturday thing where you run, uh, you know, boy girl boy girl boy girl starting at five double A to say three A three A or three double three A or three double A on Friday. The next day you have you start at two A and you go two A to two double A to you know in that order and stagger boy girl boy girl boy girl. So it's a two day event and people like you and me who want to selfishly see. All of the boys' games sure. uh, are able to do that while also still having uh, the gender equality that is needed. But clearly, CIF either they they're not able to do that. Sure, maybe they were maybe they, maybe they try. I don't know. But yeah, having it all in one day makes it tough on the fans. They got to follow the games on social media. They're not going to see as many games as they want. I think the fans want to see stars. We kind of mentioned that before. I think when you you know you'll we'll get to you breaking down your predictions a little bit on the lower divisions that you see a little bit more of than me. Um, I think the fans, even though they want to cheer their team, they want to see a star, like we've talked about. Whether it's Chase Budinger, whether it's Zion Williamson, we've talked about various quote unquote stars. If you don't go to the, if you're not following that team per se, you want to see that star. So I think that's where it hurts a little bit, especially when you look at the open division. And Division One, you're knocking off so many of the good teams. They're not even in the final. Yeah. So you you're missing out on some very good players. You, you don't see Malik Thomas of Damian. You won't see Malik Thomas, Jared Hyder. Obviously he's hurt, but if he wasn't hurt, you won't see him in the regional. Yeah. You don't see Brentwood in the regional, but you see all these lower division teams for, for uh, you know equality yeah. purposes. So I think that hurts. I think you people want to see future stars. I think it's showing in the attendance, and. Um, Obviously, that doesn't affect what we can see and what we're we're trying to see and what we're going to evaluate and what we're going to make note of and report on. But um, yeah, overall, I think they have to come to something that will help themselves. Help, we, we only help get the to fans. see we only get to see two games. Yeah, this Saturday, Saturday. We only see two games because so, Cal Baptist is. I mean, it's pretty far it's from a, a, AP, AP, AP or, or Colony and Godinez. Godinez in Santa Ana. There's no a, chance. There's no chance. I think there's a 12 p.m. game at at Godinez that. Sure. 
let me see, 12, yeah, Sage Hill and Santa Clara from Oxnard at noon at Godinez on Saturday. Uh, could you potentially go to Godinez, watch that game, and bust out the Cal Baptist and see the 3 o'clock Division One game between Santa Margarita and Sheena Hills? Sure, but you're risking that 91 freeway, which <laughs> is... One little accident, you're back one up, act, you, you're then done. you missed everything. Then you miss everything. Yeah, or you know, you would need a LeBron escort down in Miami to or get Kobe, there. Kobe's helicopter yeah, to come you pick Kobe's you up. Kobe's helicopter to come pick you up. Or Harry Welch's uh, football coach I mean, from it's, uh, St. Margaret's. <laughs> My yeah. guy, Harry Welch. They used to go from Canyon to Canyon Country down our South Orange County. But that's your point. You yeah. need a helicopter. Right. You need a hel- you need Kobe's helicopter. So, so we don't we don't get to see a guy like Josh Christopher Mayfair playing correct. Ranch Cucamonga. Uh, I'd rather be one of the games I want to see in the oh, 2 yeah, me too. So, Devin, why don't you break down your little quick predictions yeah, yeah, of the lower yeah. divisions, and then we'll let's, get into break down the I call them the big boy divisions. Let's bitch and, let's bitch and complain about about all the games, and then let's break them down. Okay, yeah. uh, Division Five AA Santa Clara of Oxnard and Sage Hill. This is a Sage Hill Newport Beach, um, in a nice nice area there in Newport Coast. Battle of the Big Man Christian Oliver, a six ten center at, at Santa Clara, and Big John King, uh, recently committed to Pomona Pitzer out of Sage Hill. He's you know six ten six eleven. Wow. Um, yeah, right. I mean, interesting, interesting matchup. I know I like Oliver. I've watched him. I yeah. want to see him more. And you know he's a good player. So what? But we, what do but you we think can't. <laughs> uh, I think. I think. <laughs> I think for. I think for me. Um, I've seen Sage Hill this year. I've seen Santa Clara once. Uh, I'm going to go Santa Clara. Uh, Division 5A, Western Christian versus Oakwood. I have absolutely no clue. Um, sorry to those guys. Uh, Division 4, AA, Fairmont Prep, and Pacifica Christian, Orange County. This is a game I would like to see. You have uh, yes. Atten Wright, very good scoring junior at Fairmont Prep. Jody Gardner <laughs> running that show down there. Uh, and against, my guy, Poppy. Again, Pape Cisse, yep. Poppy Cisse. And Pacifica Christian with Judah Brown, uh, Houston Millette. Both very, very talented good. Talented teams for that division. Yeah, very talented teams. We won't be able to see that. What do you think? This there? is a tough. I don't know. I don't know. I think they played once already this season. Or twice already because they're in the same league. They played twice already this season. Um, man, it's tough. I'm going to go with uh, Coach Berkoff and Pacifica Christian here. Gotcha. Um, for, for a uh, Providence of Burbank against Rebay Academy. Rebay Academy has a ton of good players. Young players, Tyler Powell. Um, yes, and Rebay Academy does have Providence some good. has a good junior guard and Jordan Shelley. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Burbank Providence here. Three uh, AA. Ron, you can probably jump in on this one here with Rolling Hills Prep against Santa Clarita Christian. We saw Santa Clarita Christian at uh, Battle Zone. Very yes. good three point shooting team. Uh, they actually advanced to the championship game with a win over Highland and Caden Starr hit a, a half court three point shot to win that game. Uh, you can you can just you know. Twitter search Caden Starr and find that video. It's insane if you can if, if you have the time search it out. Good, it's amazing. Good teams, two good teams. Rolling Hills Prep, obviously yeah. led JT by Harvey Katani. Yeah, they have the, a good roster. Chris Kuhn, Benny the Jet Geeler. Benny the one Jet, of the, one of the best freshmen in in, in Southern, Southern California. Yeah, great team. I I I like the way Santa Clarita Christian is rolling. I think they have a little bit more uh, speed and athletes. So I'll go with Santa Clarita Christian. Okay, I just think they're uh, they're rolling. I think they're playing well. Okay, I'm gonna go and coming off that. They have momentum coming with that, with that big yeah. game winner. Yeah. I'm going to go Rolling Hills Prep here. I think Chris Kuhn is Chris kind of the Kuhn difference. Is... He kind of calms everything down. You yep. know, 6'5 point forward kind of guy. Real high IQ. I like Chris Kuhn. And what's a lot. their junior wing? He's playing pretty well. Is that Von Flowers. Flowers. Von Flowers. Yeah, he's, I was about he's, to say he, Dennis Flowers, but he's at St. He's at Fr- St. Francis. St. Francis. Von, Von Flowers. Flowers is very good. Yeah. yeah. One of the biggest sleepers in, in Southern California. Um, Division 3A, Capistrano Valley Christian in Palm Springs. Uh, I've seen Capistrano Valley Christian a couple times. They have a uh, talented uh, senior forward who. Um, is committed to Cal State Northridge. Uh, Festus, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but uh, Big Festus, he's, he's really good. And I think uh, with his physical presence inside as a rebounder and scorer, I think Capstone Valley Christian comes out with a victory there. Uh, Division 2 AA, Ronnie, you can jump back in here. Rancho Cucamonga and Mayfair. Obviously, Mayfair has uh, one of the best juniors in the country, and Josh Christopher. And um, they have a good senior forward, Michael Ofegbu, who's coming on late. Yeah, Michael. Um, but Ranch Cucamonga, they played in the baseline league, and they he competed in well. the baseline league. Yeah. So that's Maybe one of the it's top... not a much of a shock that they got there. No, no, not at all. Uh, I think I picked them to get upset in the first round in one of my other podcasts, and that was stupid of me, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> well, no, they they beat... Didn't they split with Chino Hills? They split with Chino, yeah. That shows you something they could do there. Right. I thought they played Damon into overtime. Yeah. And they got uh, they got five... They're starting five. They got five pieces who are all kind of just solid. Like, they don't have a superstar. They're solid. They guard... And they push the pace. 
And Mayfair likes to push the pace, though. Josh, yeah. Josh likes to get going. Yeah, uh, I, li- I like their team. Obviously, I, will, I think the X Factor could be Dylan Cavs. We've talked about him before. We've seen him a lot. And we saw uh, one of the earlier round games, I think it was the quarterfinal game we went to, Devin. And he didn't do that much production. So if he has 14 or more points, I'll go with Mayfair. Okay. I'm going to go. Oh, Josh is. I know Josh is going to go off. Uh, yeah, but Ran- Rancho is just so solid all the way around. I'm gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna go Rancho Cucamonga. I think they're. I think they are rolling. Like you said with Santa Cruz Christian. Yeah. I think they got a lot of momentum. They, they got, got a lot, lot of big game experience. Yeah, they do. They do. I think that the baseline league play and that experience is gonna yeah. take them over the top there. Uh, Division Two A Colony versus La Cunada. Uh La Cunada is a very good shooting team, and if if you can get hot in any game, you have a chance to win. But Colony, you've seen them plenty of times. They got. Cedric Altman going to Pepperdine, one of the most Agent com- zero. one of the most competitive guys we've seen in a long time in Southern California high school basketball. Um, freak athlete, the very, two very good sophomores, two very good sophomores with Brenton Napper and Denim Jones. Uh, you have any you have any thoughts here? I, I'm taking Colony. Yeah, I'm taking Colony. I just think they are. Uh, I think they're playing well. I think they had, like you said, the X factor in Agent Zero. La Cunada can be in this game. They have to shoot really well. I'm not sure they're going to shoot the high enough percentage against that team. They're very good. Yeah. You defensive know, Coach team. Tom Hoffman does a great job. If if you, you know, don't come to see Southern California ball a lot or, you know, if you just want to see a good coached high school team and not these built for, you know, built for travel teams, watch La Cunada. They're good just High school basketball team, team execute great They've done offense. A great job over the years. You yeah, know, I went one time they went to the D three regional and they lost big to Artesia and and, and Tom Hoffman was saying, hey, you know James Harden is a damn good player. <laughs> you know he just came in like, hey, my guys, I love my guys, they're great. He's all that's just a damn good yeah. player. And I think that's like the all shooks attitude he has, and and that he's won seven over seven hundred games that way. So it's he can win this game. I think it'll yeah, be close, sure. but he's going to be proud of his boys regardless of how it plays right. out. So let's move into the two games that you know you and I can kind of really get into and pick apart. Uh, Division One at Cal Baptist at three o'clock on Saturday. That is Santa Margarita against Chino Hills. Santa Margarita led by uh, the UCLA USC combo Damn. commit, yeah, uh, Jake Kaiman and Max Agbong Polo, and then Chino Hills obviously led by senior going to USC Onyeka Okongwu. Ronnie, what do you see here? Um, I think it's going to come down to the production and foul count of Big Lee in the middle for Santa Margarita going to BYU and Onyeka. Onyeka's used to playing with three going on four fouls. And when he gets the fourth foul, he doesn't foul out in the big games. Uh, I think our guy Frank Burleson made a note about some of Onyeka's accomplishments in the postseason the other day. Just how he's like twenty five and two, you know he's he's done really good in the postseason. He had a great run last year. Uh, I just think if if Lee doesn't have stay on the floor and doesn't have a good game, I think Chino Hills can pull this one out. Um, I think Santa Margarita is the better team. Okay, in in many yeah. respects, uh, they proved it at times. They've also proven they they can take a dump at times, you know, no, for plenty of times, you know, Beverly Hills, the loss of Beverly Hills sticks out. It's just like, come on, you guys lose to Beverly Hills. But on the other end, you beat Bishop Gorman and you beat Rancho Christian. Yeah. So you know what they can do. Um, the guard play, I think McHugh, the transfer, Kendall McHugh from Virginia has been up and down. Good high school player. He can get hot. He's playing if well he, of late. Yep. If he gets hot, is that even a, you know, I think, Chino Hills and Coach Latimer want to see him get hot instead of Jake. So, oh, for sure. You know, it kind of plays in both ways. Uh, I like our guy, uh, Blazona. Good oh, player. Jake, yeah. Jake, shout out to Jake Blazona. He's a I think really he needs good more minutes. I love, yeah, yeah, he's a really good, smart player. Really good player there. Um, this is a tough one to pick. Again, it's going to come down uh, to the to the middle and the foul count. So Stop, if, beating, stop beating around the bush. Who yeah, are you picking? Yeah, if Lee No, no, no floor, ifs. Pick one or the other. Let's go with the slight wild pick, Santa Margarita to pull it out. Okay. Okay. So here here I think I agree with you on the big O versus Big Lee matchup. Yeah. I think whichever one is able to stay on the floor longer, yeah. we know O is gonna produce more than Lee. If they yeah, that's the not same the, that's minutes. not, not, the, issue. The, that's not yeah. the issue. Yeah. Big O, he's always in foul trouble. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's because 
a lot of the times he's playing against guys who are much smaller than him. Sure. So, you know, they're calling, he gets a couple bogus offensive foul calls a game. So against, he's been uh, getting bogus calls this year. For sure. Against Big Lee, though, are they going to let some of that Banging contact go. Yeah. go? And I hope they do. I think the key is on Santa Margarita's end is which Max Agmong Polo shows up to, to the game. Is the it the one, one taking good shots, playing within the flow of the offense, and you know moving the ball and things like that? Or is it the other one that we've seen a couple times? Where he just doesn't have a good game. Where he just yeah. doesn't have a good game, and that happens. Um and then if Jake Hyman, we're used to him shooting that 45 to 55% clip from three. And if he's doing that and Max is, is playing, some good playing and smart, smart, good basketball, I don't think Chino Hills has enough defense on the on the wing to deal with both Max and Jake yeah. playing well. Mink Manor Hall, good player. We haven't he seen is. much. He's a very of, good defender. We haven't seen much of our guy from the from uh, big ballers. He doesn't really had a great big games. Pluma? Recently, Pluma. Yeah, you know he's kind of more taking a backseat. I think Lattimore more likes more structure, I mean, they, discipline. They throw that thing into oh every time down the court, and they, as they should, as they should, and that's got him here. So you can't knock that. I think one of those guys going to have to have a big game. Uh, whether it's Pluma hitting a couple threes. Who's the other guy now that Quan is not on the team no more? Quan Davis. Well, is not uh, on the Ofu- team. Uh, Ofuri's brother. Yeah, uh, Agibo Uja Degele. Okay. I apologize if I if I screw that name up. That's a tough one. But he's you know he, he's one of those two guys. He's a very good defender. That. Him and Manor Hall are the keys. If they yeah. can kind of shut down Max and Jake, Jake a little bit, a little bit. I mean, make them shoot, you know, thirty-eight to forty percent. Then, then they're going to be. It's going to be a one possession kind of game at the end. Um, but if Max and Jake are are rolling, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to to deal with that, uh, especially when Chino Hills has a short bench. I mean, I think they go six, yeah. maybe seven deep. That's that's tough. More things have to go right for Chino Hills yeah. to win than Santa Margarita. Which is so why I'm going to go Santa Margarita. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Santa Margarita there. Let's move on to the Open Division game, which will feature uh, the high-powered Sierra Canyon Trailblazers and the ever-steady, ever-fundamental Bishop Montgomery Knights. Ronnie wow. Bishop, Bishop Montgomery obviously you know beat Rancho Christian, the one seed, in as the an eight seed in the game. first pool play game. They and that kind of That kind of... Propelled them. Propelled them into this game. Um, Correct. They deserve even to be they, there, obviously. Even though they lost the game last week, they're still advancing because they won their they last They lost game. to Rancho Verde, and then they beat Etiwanda to, to advance. Corona Centennial went 3-0 in their pool, uh, beat Modern Day, yeah. uh, St. John Sierra Bosco, and, yeah. and Corona Centennial. Correct. Sierra they, Canyon. So th- they advanced to the Open Division Championship game um, with a 3-0 record. Ronnie, this is interesting. Two different styles of play completely. What do you see? And, and different roster makeups, you know? Yeah. Sierra Canyon with a bunch of extremely good athletes. Uh, and experienced players. Experienced players run up and down the floor, played a, a national schedule, uh, play at a high-level club. Then you have Bishop Montgomery, who has two very good and steady guards, Johnny Hunt, Josh Vasquez, uh, a kind of uh, gritty forward, and Isaiah Johnson, and then Will Crawford and Nick Schrader, and Jordan Archie, another... Those guys Under are all role players. players. Those all guys are all players. role players. And Big Bradley. And Big Bradley. Just come in and... Just get, come in and, and bang around, block some shots, get some do dunks. Do some things, yeah. So, man, there's a lot to, to, to break off there in that game, break down. Um, Sierra Cannon is playing like a team that is one of the better teams in the country, one of the better teams in the state. Obviously, they had trouble with Montverde, but other games, they've been really good. I mean, Corona Centennial had only lost to Rancho Christian, which is a much bigger team, and to Sierra Canyon. And so they played in that de facto semi-quote-unquote semifinal game. And and Sierra Canyon beat them pretty handily. Yeah, um, They just didn't have enough size. They didn't shoot well enough, play well enough at the beginning. Sierra Canyon jumped out to a big lead. Um, you know, against a smaller team, and and this Bishop Montgomery on a national level is a smaller team. Sure. Nobody taught K.J. Martin plays really well and does a lot of good things. You know, they need Cassius Stanley to have a good shooting game. Yep. Um, it's back to that same thing with with Margarita Chino Hills. I think Sierra Canyon has to have less things go perfectly right to win compared to Bishop Montgomery. Bishop Montgomery is going to – could win this game, no doubt. They're going to ugly it up. Yeah, they're going to ugly it up. But they've been so all over the place. Schrader's missed games. Josh Vasquez didn't play in the in the game to against go to, Atawanda, against right? To go, you know, and his little brother Butter steps up, gets a couple <laughs> shots right. in the in the pool play. 
You know, then Schrader's out earlier. Then he comes back and has a big game. So, you know, are they going to find the right combination to slow this this team down? Because I think um, when you look at the team from one through six or seven, they are playing the most talented team. I think Rancho Christian has two great players. Sure. But one through seven, Sierra Canyon is the best team they're going to see in this pool. Right. We're talking Scotty Pippen. We're talking Cassius Stanley, Stanley, KJ Martin. Taryn Frank. Taryn Frank. Amari um, Bailey. Amari Bailey and Coloco. And Coloco. Yeah. You, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a ridiculous amount of D1 talent, talent right there. At various positions. They're yeah. not stacked up like no. Margarita is. At you the know, wing. Yeah, at the wing. They're, they're, they're balanced all over. Scotty Pippen's a pass first point guard. He's... Uh, you know, Cassius Stanley is a regular two, a big-time college prospect as a two. And like you said, Coloco's a big man. KJ's a four. So um, I think Bishop Montgomery is just not going to maybe hit the shots or shoot just well enough that Sierra Cannon can pull this game out towards at the end. I think Bishop Montgomery's going to hang around. And they're going to play good D, so they're going to frustrate Sierra Canyon at times. But I think the rebounding, the offensive arena, maybe the foul trouble, they can go small. They can push the ball with the Bailey and Cassius, or they can go with Coloco and KJ. They'll have just enough to pull it out at the end. Okay. They've met a couple times over the last two years. Sure. What, three, three times over the last two years? Yeah. Um, I mean, so they, they know each the other personnel. very yeah. well. There's no love lost between these two teams. No, and... And for, rightfully so, I like that. Yeah, and you you mentioned Tom Hoffman and his coaching at La Cunata, yeah, uh, as kind of an X factor type of thing. And I think Doug Mitchell, I mean, he's going to come in with an a abs- good, plan. A good good game, game plan. plan. He's okay. going to he's going to do his best to expose Sierra Canyon's weaknesses, whatever those may be. There's probably very few of them. Correct. Um, but he's from he, their personnel. There's very few. He's going to find them. Yeah. And he's going to expose them. I think it's a close game, but I think at the end, I think Sierra Canyon's uh, ability to uh, play inside and out with Coloco and Martin, and then obviously the guards that we've discussed, and, and Taryn Frank is extremely versatile. Hopefully he's completely healthy yeah. uh, coming into this game. Both teams have been a little shaky. Both teams have been shaky as far as health. health. So hopefully yeah. hopefully we get to see another you know very uh, intense and uh, strong version of the Bishop Montgomery versus... Sierra Canyon matchup in the open division. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sierra Canyon. I think, like you said, Bishop Montgomery is gonna hang around in that like yeah. nine, seven, yeah. six point, even closer. Maybe, I think if yeah. it's closer than that, I think if it's three, two, four, Bishop Montgomery is gonna put the pressure late right game back execution. on them. Gonna I think it's gonna execute. come down to late game execution. Yep. And because if they have an eight, nine point lead, I think Sierra Canyon will turn it on and win. Okay. But if it's three or four, the pressure ratches up. You go possession by possession. Who has to execute? I'm going uh, Bishop, Bishop. Yeah, Bishop Montgomery would would be able to pull this out. We've seen him do it before. Um, you know, shout out to Doug Mitchell and his crew. Oh, They're yeah. going for their third open in five years. Right. They won in 15. They won in 17, yep. which was like, whoa, people are like, how could they beat this great, you know, Sierra Canyon team? They've they've done it, you know, with uh Marvin had Marvin Bagley, who's now with the Kings, had come over and it was just like I go, you know what, Frank? You know what, Devin? You know what, guys? I'm starting Bishop Montgomery number one. And, you know, some other guys like Ronnie, that's a college team. And then halfway through the season, I was like, what the hell did I do? Yeah, they're playing so good. It all came full circle. (laughs) It all came full circle. Montgomery in that epic game before 12,000 people in the doubleheader at at the Galen Center pulled it out, and they may be able to do it again. And for some reason, I mean, going back to Bishop Montgomery, and they're kind of just underestimated because they don't play in all the big big tournaments. Correct. They're not at City of Palms. They're not at Chick-fil-A. I mean, they're not even at, like, Redondo Union. They're not yeah. even... They yeah. play in Westchester. They're not at Battlezone. They yeah. don't play in Damien. They're not even but in the big local tournaments. worked. They, they, no, it works. That's the thing. That's what's good about it in that regard. Obviously, the fans want to see them more. I know some of their alumni, some of the city section alumni, they get on Facebook, and they talk to the Bishop <laughs> Montgomery alumni. <laughs> oh, you guys don't travel. Screw you. Yeah. And it's about the city. Fairfax, Westchester, all, you know. They go back and forth. They have a good time with it. But at the end, Montgomery can hold its head high and say, see, it works for us. Yeah, it, And they go, works, they go, hey, man. if it was a bracket, we'd be still be in the final. Yeah. Or if it was pool play, we'll be in the final. Right. So that, that that's awesome. Uh, this game should be close. Should be a good game. I think Sierra Canyon is going to look at that Rancho Christian tape and they're up, you know, 12-0 run. I don't think another 12-0 run is going to happen at the end. Okay. Not that Bishop Montgomery can't put the pressure on them. 
and make it a close game, but I don't think they give up 12 straight points. They're going to tighten up those bolts. Yeah, they're going to they're going to tighten it up. They're going to learn from that game. I think the bigger issue, I think we're both going with Sierra Canyon in a close one. Yeah. The bigger point, Devin, is the winner of that game, Southern Section Open on the 23rd. Are they going to win the regional SoCal Open? Whoever it is. No, I think it's going to yeah. be somebody else. Just the way yeah. the season is going, it's going to yeah. be somebody else. That's what if I Bishop think Montgomery, is... If Bishop Montgomery wins Saturday at Cal Baptist, I think Sierra Canyon is going to come back and win the regional. regional. If yeah. Sierra Canyon wins, I think Rancho Christian is going to come and be that team that's like, okay, We're waiting we've had a few wings. weeks off, and yeah. now here we are. Yeah, because they can win. Obviously, they, they've beaten they beat Sierra, Sierra Canyon already. Yeah. They have big game uh, experience, no doubt. Um, you know, they can do that. That's I think, is the interesting thing. This game kind of sets up with the seeding, the eight teams that are going to be, how they're going to be seeded. If we get six Southern section teams, we're going to see rematches. So and we don't, does that... I, I don't, want, maybe, I don't yeah. want that to happen. We need we San need Diego. Foothills please, Christian. Please somebody nominate two teams from San Diego. I don't care who they are. Give me, uh, give me, give me San Diego High School in the open. Bring uh, A.J. Bergen uh, up here. Just, <laughs> just to throw the... Yeah, just, <laughs> I see what you're saying because if you take six Southern... We're seeing rematches. And we've seen these games they're gonna, so many times. They're going to be repeated. Who does that favor? Let's just say rematch Central's re- Does that favor the loser of the Open? Does that favor Rancho Christian? Does that favor Fairfax Westchester? Obviously, Fairfax Westchester yeah, I mean, won't be seated. They'll be opposite. Right. That's interesting. I think it favors the city section team. Could because be. Because they, they've, they've been in, you know, they've been playing in their city section yeah. league for yeah. the last, and their playoffs for the last, you know, yeah. since, since January. So, they haven't played against a lot of Southern section teams. I think that gives them kind of an upper hand, especially a team like Fairfax. Yeah. They're, they're so hard to deal with because of the way they play. The, they shoot the, well. They the have tempo. Talent. They play with tempo. Jalen Williams has come on. He's rebounding. Well, I just saw them this past weekend. I saw the two semifinal wins by Fairfax and Westchester over Washington and Birmingham. Um, from a national perspective, Bishop Montgomery really it's coming from the rear because they lost to Fairfax and Westchester. Now, again, they were had some injuries, but Fairfax and Westchester have been dealt with uh, not having, you know, guys on 30-day. They yeah. dealt with the strike. Yeah. So, like you said, it might be... Might benefit the city. It might be benefit the city, and then, well, they might make it in the regional final, and they, they might be able to win it. And uh, fans, just so you know that we're talking about the finals on the 23rd section finals, LA Cities on TV, KDOC, if you can make it out of LA Southwest College. Watch Fairfax and Westchester for the third time. Fairfax won the first two matchups. Keep in mind, the regional finals are on March 5th on a Tuesday. So it hasn't been like <laughs> you've been in the past right. where it's been a big Saturday showdown with multiple games. You're going to have to go travel, to take a, a half a day off yeah. of work, and get to your regional final game on March 5th somewhere. At a home site. Tuesday. Yeah. Somewhere. Some big high school facility. Or, yeah, it's, it's going to be... It won't be a home site, but it's not going to be Long Beach State. I mean... Might be Long Beach State, depending, depending on, on who game. plays. Yeah. Right, um, but yeah, it's just, it's this compacted yeah. schedule we've been talking about. It's weird. It's not a Saturday game. It's weird. So it's you know the week before is must be what the second and yeah. February twenty eighth or whatever it is, March fifth that Tuesday, and then the state finals are the eighth and the ninth. So D one will likely be on that eighth mm-hmm. at Golden Center, open and on then Saturday. open on Saturday night. Can we just bring uh, that? Can we bring the state down here? Like Devin, no one, no no one's Devin, going. Devin wants to go to Sacramento. I'm not going to Sacramento. Yeah, uh, I'll be there. You will. Uh, I mean, but I mean, I'm obviously hoping, just for my own selfish reasons, that it's whether it's Fairfax, Sierra Canyon, Bishop Montgomery, that it's against Salesian. Just so make it, it's you know an undefeated team that may be the little bit of an underdog against some big power. Give me the I reasoning. Right. Give me the reasoning why they don't stagger the state games. Uh, why, the state why? game, I think, because. The Golden One Center uh, and previously Arco has given them a great, deal yeah, on it. Yeah, exactly. them a great uh, you know, a great deal for them to play and have that big atmosphere. So that's one thing I do give kudos to CIF is to give the kids a a big arena atmosphere at least in one of these games. I'd rather have the game at Golden One than have it down here if it's not at um, the Pond or the Honda what Center, they whatever they call it, now. Honda Center or Staples. What about Galen Center or Long Beach State? Yeah, even Galen Center would be good, but not at Long Beach State when you can play at Golden What about Lawn. the Bren Center? It's <laughs> right down the street from my house. <laughs> Put it at the Bren Center. You know, Put it at Costa Mesa High School. Yeah, <laughs> modern day would like that. You know, but uh, 
you know, they used to play at the Brent Center a lot. They did. Before they had their own. And Ocean uh, View High. Yeah, yeah. at their own uh, facility. But, yeah, it should be a good weekend. Obviously, you know, we can see those two big games in, in D1 and Open. Uh, we made our choices. We'll see how that plays out. We'll see how the regional plays out. Uh, Devin, let's talk a little bit more as we wrap up for the uh, from a national perspective. Go back to the national perspective. We talked about uh, CIF and being very, very cognizant of gender equality. It was a reason why they kind of pulled out of that June scholastic live event period. Yeah. We talked about that numerous times with numerous people. Uh, it looks like the media getting involved in that has kind of opened the door. The NSA has now announced just recently this week that they're going to allow non-NFHS members to host events that they do choose. Again, doesn't mean they have to. Again, me and you probably wouldn't do it because we couldn't make a, a good money. So we was thanks, but no thanks. But at least they're getting the opportunity. They changed their tune now. They've changed their parameters. They're allowing more state associations that are not the official recognized NFHS one. But you still have to be. There's still ton Around, of rules. Still ton of rules. A lot of red tape. A lot uh, of red tape to go through. But yeah. at least it gives the teams the opportunity. Wanted to touch up on that a little bit, just to let the people out there know that the media does play a role. They've been seeing what people have been writing, talking about. Um, so hopefully that gives more opportunity. I'm not sure many states are going to reverse their course. It might be too late now. It's yeah. You're only three months out. You're already three months out. And and you got Vermont is out, Maine is out, Oregon's out. CIF is out. Texas is out. New York is out. So are they going to change course? I'm not sure it's going to make a difference, but at least they have the opportunity. And then we wanted to talk a little bit about national. Yes, yeah, it's, um, it's uh let's go no. let's get into something that's a little more cut and dry. I'm yeah. I'm sick of all this up in the air yeah. stuff. Uh your Mr. Basketball USA tracker, we spoke about it on episode 11 as kind of an introduction to the people who don't know what that is. It's a, you know, it's a panel of 10, 10, 10 national 10 media members. members. Uh who vote on, you know, it's a player of the year. Yeah. Mr. Basketball in the country. Uh, the initial voting, uh, the first vote came through last week. Yeah. The right? first update from the preseason. In the preseason, last year's National June of the Year was Vernon Carey from University School. And him and Cole Anthony tied in the preseason. Cole Anthony of Oak Hill, the undecided point guard, was the only player to re- appear on all 10 ballots. And now as the new... The new uh, balloting came in. Uh, we have some surprising, I think, surprising results. We have six guys who received number one votes. This is kind of unprecedented. Usually by this time of the season, the panel has, you know, based on production and who they think is the best, I think the panel has um, usually had their guys, like, kind of locked in. So the, the six guys who got votes were Evan Mobley with three first-place votes, Cole Anthony with two he dropped down to eight um, ballots instead of ten. Isaiah Stewart of Fab Fifty, number one, La Lamere. Isaiah Stewart, one ballot, first place. Anthony Edwards, the recent Georgia commit, appeared on a ballot. Scotty Lewis appeared on a ballot going to Florida. The terrific wing guard, big wing guard out of New Jersey. And James Wiseman, who's going to Memphis. So, Devin, to get your take on that from a national perspective, is it? Do you just think it's because there's been some some results that have happened, or do you are you along the lines with the guys that just this two nineteen class you're just not sold on it? So that's allowed an Evan Mobley to kind of come into the picture. What's your your high line take on that? I think that everyone's so spread out and there's not you know, they're not going against each other. Yeah, a, a lot, a lot. Yeah, you know, and it's it's tough because there's so many games being played at so many different places in so many different regions of the country and maybe maybe some of the voters don't see west coast teams or maybe sure. some of the west coast guys I, frank brothers was not in this conversation because he sees everybody yeah. but west coast voters don't see you know east coast guys or yeah. southern guys in a, as much in a high school in a high school setting showcase game right they uh, watch it they follow it yeah i think yeah. maybe maybe it's a, a testament to the parody okay uh, and, and that might talent. not be bad the talent no it's yeah. not bad at all the okay. talent level Across the country in the 19 class and the 20 class, a guy like Evan Mobley getting you know some, uh, some, uh, some love on that first place voting ballot. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's it, it's more parody. I think okay. there's a lot of good players. So you're just you're along the lines that this class is could be pretty good at the next level at the NBA sure. level. 
And 2020 just, as well. Okay, so but it's just spread out. There's no guy that's dominant. Yeah. I think it was Cole Anthony's was in the pole position. For his to lose. Yeah, and then, you know, he's had some injuries. Old Kills recently lost another game. Yeah. They're kind of on the Geico Nationals bubble. Or they'll be one of the, the lower seeds. It might be like a seven seed or an eighth seed. It's an eight-man tournament, April 4th through 6th. So I, I'm, a, I'm with you there. I, I think the surprising thing is, as nobody's taking charge, Anthony Edwards moves to 219. Now he's getting a little bit of uh, Sure, I think those three, class, those three classes make it a little different, too. And and I'm just really surprised that Nico Mannion's not getting more... I agree. ...more uh, looks and more love. Nico Mannion only appeared on one ballot in third place for eight points. You know, you get 10 points for first place, nine points for second place, eight points for third place. He's only on one ballot. That's crazy. That's just that's, really that's crazy to me. I, I I just and what's really interesting is that James Wiseman, who some think is the long term prospect of this class, he's in first place on two ballots and it doesn't appear anywhere on seven. So people really have an open view of this class. He's the number one guy on two ballots, and seven guys don't even think he's in the top seven. Because <laughs> again, See, that, that goes to... is losing and he's not yeah. wowing. Dominating, you know, they didn't win against Rancho Christian. So here, here's what here's so, here's what know, I think that yeah that kind of shows is there are some voters who value team winning, team winning. And there are some voters yeah. who are looking at rankings and going, oh, James Wiseman, he's putting up good numbers. numbers. He's a number one player, player, top prospect in the 2019 class. He, he's, he's, he's it. That's it. where the disconnect is, I think. And that's good. And I, I don't mind that. Some guys do value on the panel value. How a player is going to be more than a, what a player is yep. the second. Right. I think that's what's been good for Sharif Cooper, the junior guard at McEachern in Georgia. We've talked about him before. Their team's undefeated. They're in the state playoffs. He was on one ballot in the preseason. Now he's on five, and three people have him third. Now, Sharif Cooper hasn't got a first place vote yet, but just to go from you know, one ballot to five, he's having a great season. So that kudos to him. Um, surprise Anthony Edwards, maybe not getting a little more, but his team is not very playing yeah, very under well. 500. Yeah. That's so tough. It's tough for him. He's a great talent. The great part of this, as we close out the show is that it's still wide open. Um, we're not picking the winner till after the all-star games are done. So there's still chances, you know, again, maybe Evan Mobley goes crazy in the regional. Sure. They win state, they beat Salesian. Boom. He's now he's, Hey, approved himself. We, I'm looking, I'm looking at this list right now. And there's one guy missing off this list, Ronnie. And I need you. I need you to give me an explanation about where is Lamelo Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Lamelo. Well, there we go. So Lamelo hasn't been picked in All Star games. You know, did he go pro? Is he? And he's now he's an amateur. Nobody. You know, he hasn't been selected for McDonald's. You know, we got this. For, I love that I know, got. I love yeah. that I got you an explanation yeah. out of you. No, I, I, I would explain it. The panel hasn't chosen. If yeah. some guy said, "Ryan, I'm going to pick Mello," would you? I, would you? Would you put him on there? Yeah, I would let okay. him. I'm not sure he would be the player of the year, but I think we talked about this in one of the early pods. Is most people would think still have him about. I when I saw him in this year, I said he's about seven to twelve in this class ranking. Yeah, ranking. Where did he come out in a couple around that? Yeah, you know, I think that's where it leaves him. Is he number one? I don't know. He's not. He's not. He's not better than Anthony Edwards. Is he better? Could he be better down the line? I don't know. Is he better prospect than James Wiseman and even in Evan Mobley? If you look to two twenty, no, I, I don't think so. Is he better than Cole Anthony and Nico? It's right there. I mean, it's, I was just giving you shit. Yeah, I know you're giving me shit, but <laughs> it's good to talk about it oh, because yeah, how yeah. about if Melo becomes a one of the best players of this class down he the could, line? I mean, he could. You know, he could. Um, we've, already, we've talked about that. I think it was like the fourth episode or third episode. Yeah, and, you know, his old teammate, Onyeka Kongu, who we're going to see uh, upcoming in these playoffs, you know, he's gotten on two ballots. He's had a great season. He's coming on in the playoffs. He had a 40-point game last week. I'm a little surprised he's not going to get more love. I don't think he's going to be the national player of the year, but no. is he going to be the state player? He might be the state player he, of the year again. He should be. Is if Evan Mobley's in, in the national picture, he's in the, you he's, know, is he the best player on his team? He's he he's the most important player to any single team in in, in the state. Okay, that's a strong argument. You then. take you take Big O off off of that team and yeah. replace him with even a, a serviceable good high school player, good high school big man, yeah. and they're not even they're they're a, they're done they're already. A, they're a second second round exit. <laughs> I yeah. mean honestly, yeah, I, I'm looking at that and I'm going boy in Ed, Division One. Onyeka's not 
getting the national love. Obviously, he some voters didn't vote for McDonald's. He didn't make it. Again, they oh, he's not a great NBA prospect. Goes back to what you're saying, he's not a great NBA prospect. Who cares? I, he's I mean, a great high school player. He's a great high school player. So that's very interesting to see Evan Mobley kind of put some of these two 19s aside, and now he's getting that recognition. And it's still not decided yet. So I think on that note, Devin, that's where we'll close on. Nothing's decided yet. There's still three, four more weeks to go. The national race is open for national champs. I mean, you got McKeecher and Lalamir might meet. State is open. Uh, you know, Rancho Christian could come back, win it. Yeah, I you mean. You got that big X factor out there. Salesian just waiting in the wings. Are they going to do it? Hopefully they don't lose. Yeah, I think that's from your point that you don't want to see them lose. I don't want to see them lose either from a selfish standpoint. It would, I mean, it would, it would just it put a damper. Attendance. Yeah, it would just damper that whole, and they whole can, thing. They, they can, if Solution loses, they can just transfer the game down here to yeah. the Brand Center. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. That does it for episode 12 of Ball is Life's In the Paint podcast. Your hosts here, Devin Newglin, Ronnie Flores, logging off. Uh, stay tuned next for next week. Episode 13 will drop, and uh, we'll have some more good, good content for you. Thanks for tuning in.